Empowered and Unapologetic is part of the Practice of the Practice Podcast Network, a family of podcasts that change the world. To hear other podcasts like the Bomb Mom Podcast, Beta Male Revolution, or Imperfect Thriving, go to practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Have you ever thought, how did I manage to lose myself? Being a mom is so hard, especially when we're feeling stressed and disconnected. We exhaust ourselves trying to create this perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your marriage and your kids without the stress perfectionism brings. I am going to teach you how to identify who you are outside of all of the roles you play. Hi, I'm Veronica Cisneros. I'm a wife, mother of three, and a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am on a mission to teach women just like you how to become empowered and unapologetic. Welcome to our girl gang. Hey ladies, welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I'm your host, Veronica Cisneros. Today's guest is a licensed professional counselor. She has provided services to youth and adults in outpatient, school, in-home, and community settings. She firmly believes that people don't have to remain stuck in their pain or at the place where they became wounded. She encourages her clients to become active in their treatment and work towards their desired outcome. She is the owner of LCS Counseling and Consulting Agency, located in Fort Worth, Texas. She has also launched a platform called Strong Witness. Her mission is to empower people to use the power of their voice to share their stories and connect with others. So please help me by welcoming LaToya Smith. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited about it and excited about all the work you're doing. So this is good. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. So one thing I have to say right away is I am so inspired by your passion to help people reclaim their voice. Mm -hmm. I think that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, thank you for saying that. It's, um, you know what? I'm inspired too. I'm excited about it. And I, every time I hear somebody share, I, um, I get more energized and want to do it some more. Right. Yeah. So I thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. It's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think this is one of the, for, for me and, and just watching your work, yeah. I think this is one of the things that it's just, it's a level of passion that we have to go out and help others at a totally different level and just being welcome to be a part of people's lives and a part of their mm-hmm. journey and seeing them progress, you know, at their own pace it's it's such yeah. a significant blessing. So just kind of watching your work and watching what you do, it's just, again, it's admirable. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So let's just jump right in. My first question is, how do we lose our voice? Like, how do we do that? How does one lose their voice? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and it's funny because I, I, I can hear some people say, well, I, I, I never had it to begin with, right? Oh, yes. I think... Losing it, um, there's a there's a couple ways. One is that somebody or people can take our voice from us. 
that can be somebody trying to tell our story for us, um, especially with women who have been um, abused in various ways. That is a thief of our voice, right? When we shut down. And another way to lose your voice is when we surrender it, right? To somebody else or something else, because again, of this abuse or shift in power. So losing a, a voice is just really not opening up to share our story. And when you don't use it, you lose it. Kind of like muscle, right? Yeah. I, um, yeah. I didn't work out last week because, well, for various reasons. And I went today and I was like, man, everything hurts. And things that I was doing <laughs> easily two weeks ago today was like, I just wanted to, I, matter of fact, I did just lay on my mat for a little bit. Like, I can't. <laughs> right? So when you don't, you know, we, you know, you always heard that, oh, you, use it or lose it, use it or lose it. It's, it's, it. That's the same thing when I think of our voice. When you don't speak up, when you don't share, it's like you get it's the, the volume is constantly turned down, turned down, then all of a sudden left on silent. And when it's left yeah. on silent, that creates um, the most inner turmoil, like pain, um, physically within our bodies, and then emotionally just shutting down. And I, I don't like that space. I didn't like it for me. And I don't like when I hear or see somebody else in that space. Um, and what I've noticed too, sometimes people that are there, don't know they're there because that becomes their norm. This silent place yeah. is their norm. And now we know silence speaks volumes, right? So even you can, mm-hmm. that's why, I mean, you know it too. You can look at some women and tell they're in pain. And yeah. it's like, it's like, sis, you got to use your voice. You got to open up. You got to let something mm-hmm. come out, you know, um, whatever little bit counts. But I think when we look at the bigger picture, I think we'd all be in shock to see how we lost the power of our voice along the way. Yes. If we had to do a timeline to date from birth to now and like going back over our life, the times where our voice was taken from us or the times where we surrendered it over to whoever we thought or believed was in control of power or shifted it and was telling our own stories. And it's, um, yes. man, it's, it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's defeating, but it's like, man, that's, it's not good. You know what I mean? I want my voice back and I want to be able to share my story, my way, you know, yeah. how I want to do it. Yeah. It goes back to kind of this suffering silently, yeah. you know, and you mentioned it becomes our norm. And it's kind of something that I run into with, with some of the women in, in the Facebook group, you know, women want to go ahead and change and, and do all of these things. And they run into this big speed bump for themselves and even owning their truth. And most of the time owning their truth means that they've been silent. And at any time, you know, you, you do have that power to go ahead and speak up. You do have that power to create change. It's just because you've known this for so long, you don't know any other way and any other way scares the crap out of you. You know, um, I love that you used thief of your voice. I love that. You also brought up, you know, um, for you, you know, when you, you were feeling this way, can you please share with us your story for those that don't know you? Yeah, I started um, Strong Witness because, well, I realized that I'm stronger when I use my voice and I'm a witness, in other words, to my experience in life of what happened, right? So I'm going to use my voice for my specific experience, Strong Witness. And so I started Strong Witness because I realized the power of my voice and how free I felt, how empowered I felt when I started sharing my story. So um, quick snippet of my story when I was in the seventh grade, it was fall, October. I don't know the exact date, little details now. I wish I would have known, but, uh, like that, but you know, October, the fall of when I was in the seventh grade, I was molested by my, at that time, brother-in-law and man, it just, 
I don't think anything can prepare you for that moment. I don't care how old you are. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and so it really messed me up. It shook me up. And I remember even that night, um, you know, I told my mom a little bit, but I never, I didn't tell her the full story. And it's like, I shut down and I only cried one time about the event, like tears. And that was that night. Um, But since then, you know, no. Now, so I said a little bit and I shut down and then this, this shame and fear like overtook me completely Yeah, to the point where I knew about it in my mind, but then I didn't know about it. It's like, I closed it completely off and like any, any direction, any conversation in that area was so sensitive and so on guard. That's not something I was, I was willing to talk about. So at at that moment, yeah, being in the seventh grade, preteen years for me or tween, I don't know, but it was like my voice at that level was taken away. I remember going to school on that Monday after that weekend, going to my locker, you know, you turn the locker thing around, you know, the dial to put put the code in. And I remember thinking to myself, nobody here knows what happened. And it was kind of like, that's it. And it was like, it was like, if it was a movie, it'd be like fade the black, like, you know what I mean? And and see, Mm -hmm. like, and that would be it. It's like the curtain dropped on that. And I didn't start really thinking about it it was, it, I, I never forgot, but it wasn't heavy on me again until spring when I was a senior, like right when I was about to Why go off into college. Is? I don't know. You know, I think that has a lot to do with the subconscious, a lot of shutting it out, a lot of it being too traumatic to deal with. Um, so I had to tuck it away and then not having the support that I needed to help me share my voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the support got silent too. And so mm-hmm. it must, if, if what my strong support got silent, then I'm going to follow suit. You know what I mean? I'm Bingo. thinking, I'm thinking that this is it. And, you know, being a therapist too, and I'm sure you know this, countless times people come into my office and maybe their child was abused and their response is, well, it happened to me and my mom, you know, we got through it. You know what I mean? Like, no, this, this, is, this, is, not a, yeah, this is not a, some generational mm-hmm. stuff we passing down. This is not an heirloom or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Some money. Mm-hmm. This, this should not be legacy, you know? So, no. um, you know, so if I did, I didn't have that, um, and I'm not dumping on that person. I mean, it is what it is, but no, no, I didn't, no, I didn't, no, no. Yeah. And I didn't have that. So it was kind of like, Hey, let's keep it moving. You know? And, and another yeah. thing too, another thing I think that hurts women is a superwoman complex where we've been taught by observing the strong women in our families and how they got through it. You know what I mean? Just, Hey, yes. get to work, be quiet. Don't say nothing. Don't complain. Show up. You got it together. Keep it moving and keep flowing. And then what we pick up on, again, we know young people now are so observant and they absorb, hey, keep it moving. I go to school. Yep. I, um, I, I play sports. I do what I got to do. I laugh with my friends. And inside, nobody knew that that piece of me was just silent. Now, it came out in other areas when it came to, for myself, I think I told my friend once, and she was like, I didn't know you had low self-esteem. I guess you know for yourself what's going on, right? Not, yeah. you know, being, feeling that way low self-esteem or always feeling like you got this movie reel in the back of your mind that nobody else knows is constantly playing, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it could be so draining and it could, it, it's, it's so frustrating to have that silence going and that, like that movie reel constantly flowing. And it's a lot, it creates a lot of inner turmoil. Like, man, like you can't shake that stuff. Right. But so yeah. I didn't have the words to put to it. I wasn't able to express it. And I just felt like, man, my voice just wasn't there. And I didn't know it could be awakened. You know, nobody was there to teach me. And I always say this, like, when we were younger, we saw the signs about, you know, don't do drugs or go Mm -hmm. to college. But I never saw the signs that said, 
if you're, this is what sexual abuse is. This is what molestation is. This is what you do if somebody touches you inappropriately. Like maybe now in the schools, I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's a liability, but Oh my back God, then, you're so right. Yeah, back then, you're certainly so not. Right. Yeah, so. There, oh my God, you, yes, I'm sorry. Go, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 yes, no. I love that you touched on that. Yeah, but that's it. So that's why a lot of, you know, when I say I lost my voice, it was, that happened. Like I said, it was I'm like seeing fade to black. And then I, I, there was nobody there to help me. And I remember thinking, I remember being younger and thinking, man, I would love to scream this from the mountaintops. In hindsight, if I would have had a little help, if I would have had somebody to push me to say, no, you speak up. No, you do this. Man. Yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't have How been the pain. It would, be. it would have been way different. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I love that you mentioned how, you know, moms will come in, you know, and, and, and share, you know, their experience with, you know, what might've happened to their daughter or even their son and, um, you know, what their take was on it and how they were able to cope through it and, you know, helping them recognize some unhealthy patterns. I love that you said this should not be a legacy. This should not be a legacy, something that we pass down, tag your it by any means. However, in so many, there's so many people that don't know what to do next. And it's because of that lack of education. You're right. There's, you know, I remember when I was a kid, dare to say no to drugs. I remember promoting, I was a dare kid, like all day. I was a dare kid. I'm yeah. nope, I'm not going to do drugs because I'm a dare kid. Like I would represent, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to go out and have maybe a billboard or something, some level of education. There's, I don't think there's any education out there unless you're in therapy, unless something has already happened. And that's, you know, that makes me sad because yeah had you have been given that next step, had you have been given that level of support, there's so many things that would change. I mean, mind, I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful that you're able to share this story now, you know, to help others. And at the same time, you know, in what ways, in what ways for those that have been impacted by a traumatic event, how do you help those seek healing? So what is that next step? Yeah, that's a good question too. I think it's 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 different from therapy than it is with strong witness. So yes, therapy flow is going to be completely different. And I tell people too, like strong witness shouldn't be substituted for therapy. Like if they hear something that's triggering and is too much, or you're not ready to share yet, don't. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's as simple yeah. as that. And let me Straight help up. you. Yep. Yeah, and let me help you find therapy, whether it be in you know my office or someplace else, a referral out. So. I think when I hear people who have, you know, traumatic stories and they're ready to share, oftentimes, which that's the point of Strong Witness, right? It's this storytelling platform that empowers people to speak up and share and connect with other people. So with that being said, if if somebody is kind of like on the fence, maybe they've gotten to therapy, maybe they worked through it. They're like, I don't know if I want to share. They're going to be more inclined to share when they hear me talking because Mm -hmm. that's a big part of it. Like so many times, I don't care if I'm talking about this issue of molestation or something else. We, we've all been there. Either we've been the one talking and somebody else is like, hey, you know what? Same thing happened to me. Yeah. Or somebody else was talking and we're the one to be like, yo, you're not going to believe this, but you know how, how we can connect with each other's stories. So mm-hmm. a lot of times it's the idea of being in that environment. What helps somebody who's been traumatized and doesn't know how to share is, is actually connecting with a community that is similar to yours and starting to hear people talk. That's why nobody's story should be neglected or downplayed because it's important to them and and you're helping somebody else by sharing it. And I really want to get that through to like everybody. Like there's there's no small story. There's no little thing because that's all connection. 
So a lot yes. of times helping somebody who's been traumatized is getting around that community and realizing like, listen, even when it comes to strong witness and, and what I've been doing lately is having like a story series every month and somebody can connect mm-hmm. with that stuff. You know, you may not, you either going to get inspired, you're going to find this connection and then you're going to be like, you're going to turn around and, t- and tell somebody else what your story is. So even the people, yes. the women that are listening to this podcast, like if somebody is yet to tell their story of abuse, I'm hoping this could ignite that where it's almost like a rumbling, a rumbling within that you can't keep quiet anymore. You know, I, I want yeah. those things to begin to come out in whatever healthy way that is. You know, we could talk about that Absolutely. some a little bit later too. It doesn't mean that you, you know, and I joke with people, right? Like it doesn't mean you get on the megaphone, megaphone, or the, 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 the intercom at work and tell the world. It means that you start talking, even if it's, or, or working through the facts to your, about your, with yourself first. Um, before mm-hmm. pouring out the others. Absolutely. You know, being able to go out and hear someone share their story and being a part of that experience, most of the time we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. Even going back to that mom that's in that counseling office, you know, sharing what had taken place, you know, with her daughter, that traumatic event. Most of the time we don't know what to do and we feel we feel paralyzed you know, because there's, there's a part of us that want to go ahead and connect. And then we also want to help and fix. And I think that's, that's when, you know, feeling paralyzed comes into place because that's something you can't fix. You you can't fix for somebody else. However, in my opinion, and with working with women who have um, encountered, you know, um, this trauma, you know, rape, molestation, um, abuse, I've found that the best thing to do is listen, right? Listen to understand. And you don't have to fix you you don't, you know, obviously I'm a clinician. And so I will teach healthy coping skills. We will go through things, you know, in a professional setting in a therapeutic setting. However, as, as a friend or as, as, you know, a colleague or, you know, whatever capacity being able to go ahead and listen and, and even validate because this is their truth. I don't have to change it. I don't have to fix it. Me being there is enough. And for, for that parent, you know, that experienced this and went to therapy that is admirable because they recognize something's wrong. They recognize something's not healthy and being able to go ahead and do something different creates and establishes this platform for change to be created and help to be not only sought after, but actually be implemented into um, the system, the dysfunctional system. So with that, how do we go ahead and have this type of conversation? What does that type of conversation look like? So when we're, you know, when, when we're sharing with a friend or when we're the friend listening, what does that, what does that conversation look like? What are some key tips for both sides? Right. I think for the person, you know what, let's start with the listener first. Okay. Like you said, you don't, I don't think you, matter of fact, I want anybody who's listening to somebody open up to them, whether it be the first time they're telling the story or the 200th time is to just listen. You don't need mm-hmm. to have, um, try to think you have, you know, to have the right answer, you know, I mean, let me, cause you know, sometimes we've all been there too, right, man, let me, I'm going to say something real powerful right now. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes it's just being present and like, man, eye contact, um, showing body language that you're listening and that you care and that you recognize this story is heavy for somebody else. I mean, that speaks volumes. Um, yeah. and then they'll say too, especially like for young people, even adults, like 
when somebody shares your story with you, the response you give is going to affect how if and when they share with anybody else. So if yes. I open up and share my story and your initial response is, you know, get out of here. That didn't happen. I'm like, mm-hmm. that person's probably going to shut down. Happen. Yeah. They're yep. going to shut down. Yep. That is a, a thief of somebody's voice. And, and that's going to be it. But whether it be like, you know what? I'm here. I'm listening. Just spill. Say whatever you got to say. That's so comforting. It makes you want to talk more. So that listener plays a big role. You don't have to have a specific, you don't have to have the right answer. You don't have to say anything. Matter of fact, I like it when people just ask, what do you need from me right now? You need me to be a listener that I'm here. Like just pour out. I'm right here. You know, that's the best Mm -hmm. stuff. It's always painful. Like don't question them. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you go here? You know what I mean? Like, like, no, like everybody, you know, everybody has to answer hindsight. Everybody knows what they would have did, should have did. But when you're in that moment of being traumatized, of being uh, molested, raped, violated, you know, sometimes you can't think clearly. You know, like think about when, you know, we've all been driving and you you just missed a car accident or you just slammed your brakes and you missed something. Like in that moment, it it's there's such panic and fright. Not everybody reacts like the movies and you spin your car around and can drive away. Like it's not like that. Yeah. And so you can think of the trauma like coming on you. It's the same way. So to question somebody hindsight, what they should have, could have, would have, that's not fair, you know, and that cheats somebody else out of experience. And it like, it's like belittling, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the listener plays a huge role. And then ask if it's okay to ask questions. Sometimes it's just not. Sometimes that person needs to pour out and it's not, I'm not, you know, not emotionally available or able to sit there and answer a ton of questions. Yeah. I always think too, I think a follow-up is important, you know, like, well, you know, how you been doing, what's going on? You know, I know we, we talked about that the other day, anything you need from me. I think that's so special in my experience, because that means like you really did hear me and you really do care about what I'm saying. And one of my friends, I think Mm -hmm. I was, I was telling her about strong witness, like just let her know what it is. Like, listen, share your story. And out of nowhere, one day she was like, can I give you a hug? Like, and I was like, yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? But it was I knew, like, like, okay. But I knew what she meant because we had just shared the story. And, but it was her way of letting me know that was so special. And I connected yeah. with you that she just wanted to give a hug, you know, to yeah. let me know too, like, I, you know, we're, I connected to your story and it's warm and it's friendly and all that stuff. Um, as for yeah. the one speaking, I would always encourage to share with the right people. We, you know, there's nothing worse than sharing with somebody who's just busy and wants to know your business. You know what I mean? As opposed to people that really care. So get a share How in a safe know? space. I think you'll know by, you know, that's a good question. I think as I get older, you know, mm-hmm. by, um, how do I say this the right way? It's said too, especially in the therapy, you know, when you've been emotionally abused, you can recognize manipulation coming any type of way. Sexually abused, emotionally yeah. abused, like you can see it coming. You know it for exactly what it is. And so at the same time, once you begin to heal, begin to walk down a different road, you can also recognize more, me personally, I don't know if this is everybody, recognize more who's genuine as opposed to who's really not for you. You can discern things a little bit differently. So mm-hmm. I know it's safe for me to share when I, I watch a lot and I observe like character of somebody else. One, okay, this is somebody that is safe for me that I know that if I put this out there, like we can connect. It won't be any judgment. It'll be good communication. It's safe. They'll, you know, they won't, not that, I mean, I share my story anyway, so it's not like this big secret anymore, 
Yeah. But I also think you want to share in a place that's also safe, in a sense that can it help this person I'm talking to? So sometimes it's about yeah. sharing where, is this helping you? Is this helping you get free? Is this helping you know that you're not alone? Right. So yeah. when, you're, when you're in that safe space and you can open up and share how you feel, you don't have to tell people. And you're the, you know, you're the judge. You're the one who says how much you're going to share anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that when I share, everybody needs to go the mo- needs to know the most intricate details of what happened. You know, no, that's not true. Like if you in that space and that's what you want to do, this is up to you. That's what you share. Yeah. If it's just the idea, like, listen, when I was in the seventh grade, I was molested. Boom. Then that's what you want to share. Like, you're the mm-hmm. one who says how much you share on that day. Like, don't let anybody else tell you, well, that's not enough. Tell me more. But when did that, that goes back yes. to like, you don't have to answer those questions. You know, I'm not being interrogated. This is what I'm giving yes. you. So you want to be safe. Before you share too, you want to be able to own your story. If you haven't fully accepted something's happened, like, you got to be able to own that stuff for yourself. That's how you really, yes. really get free. You got to be able to say, listen, this is called molestation. This was called rape. This was not right. This happened to mm-hmm. me. This is not something I'm making up. This is not something I'm going to continue to you know, shut down and close up on. And then yes. personally too, you got to be able to face all those facts for yourself. You know what I mean? Like yes. details. And that's something I had to go through, like details. Okay. This is what happened. This was the night. This is how it looked. This is what went on. Again, because that helps me to heal when I can confront everything not just a piece of it or not the part that I wanted to, you know, the happy part that I wanted to replay. Hey ladies, are you loving this episode? Because if you are, share it with your friends and then come join me in my private Facebook group, Empowered and Unapologetic. On this page, I want you to share what your favorite episode was, what lessons have you learned and what was your greatest takeaway? This community is filled with women just like you. Going back to what you said, you know, being able to go ahead and and know where you're currently at and you know the difference between feeling comfortable and uncomfortable. And I think I think for a good amount of people too is you know, the minute they're asked a question, they feel compelled to want to answer it because this person's listening to me share my story. So I owe it to them. You know, maybe I'm traumatizing them in some way, or maybe I'm making them feel uncomfortable in some way. I I appreciate that you said being able to go ahead and know the facts and being comfortable in those facts, being comfortable in sharing your story, being comfortable in, you know, you know, being next to this, this other person. And you're right. If you're feeling as if this person might not be, you know, this person might not be safe and they might not be safe because anytime I do share small stories, they do tend to catastrophize, catastrophize or, or blow things out of proportion. Or in the end of a conversation, I feel so uncomfortable and so shamed and so exposed that I don't know what to do with myself. And so really recognizing when, what is my intent for having this conversation? What is my intent? And if it's to go ahead and find comfort from them, well, I need to find comfort from within first before I can go ahead and get it from anybody else. And this, this might be something you work on. And so you might be down to maybe one person and that one person might be the only person you talk to until you develop and exercise this muscle, you know, to go ahead and say it even louder. Yeah. You know, and I love that you said, um, it's important to give details. I, when you said that, I thought to myself, 
first I thought, okay, well, why the hell am I going to want to give all these details to this person? And then there was this other part, this other component, which is so empowering about being able to give these details. And again, if, if I'm going to share my story, I'm going to share it because this is where I'm at today. And by sharing my story, I get to develop a stronger sense of confidence, a stronger sense of self-worth. And this level goes up every single time I empower myself. And so can you speak more to that, of the importance of giving details? Yeah, I think I think the details are important first to yourself. And mm-hmm. that, and, and I'll share some of my story with that too. My healing, now for me, you know, over the years, I've, been at different levels with this, but man, one of the, one of the biggest breakthroughs that I got was when I sat down and I wrote a story to, um, the person that molested me, right. A story. I wrote a letter to him in that it was, I was told, I was given instructions, make this so detailed that first of all, I know he never forgot. So I'm not going to believe that lie, but the idea Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. listen, I'm going to paint this picture so vivid in your mind that, you know, there's no way you could let this go, right? Yeah. So for me, too, that helped me to heal from the light that was on over the oven, the the, the couch, the, the car I saw you in not too long after, like everything. But it also helped me because I confronted everything for myself as opposed to be like, well, I'm just going to deal with this one little portion and everything else outside of that, the biggest trigger, and I can't touch it, it's so sensitive because I haven't dealt with it. And so, yeah. you know, I needed to confront the everything in it so that way I can heal from everything in it. And also mm-hmm. with that, that's also helped with my voice of sharing my story. You know, now I can share it all. You're not getting a, a snippet anymore. You're not getting just this segment. You're not getting the part. Because a big star the, part of the story, too, is not just the incident, but everything after. Like that's, yeah. you know, let me share it all. You're still going to so, run into this person. Yeah. Exactly. So just being able to confront everything to me was healing. And realizing I'm not, I'm no longer going to cheat myself in this. Everything has to come up. Everything's got to be healed. And now I can move forward. So that was important to me. Yeah. Because I wanted to be whole. Think about it. If you don't confront all the details, it's like you're not ever fully whole. You just dealt with a little bit. Yeah. You know? Bingo. Yeah. Yes. And and there's that, then there will be, and it kind of goes with, you know, we distract, we avoid, we do all of the things to get rid of this uncomfortable emotion. However, if you can, if you can get comfortable with the uncomfortable, that creates power. Yeah. And not only that, in addition to that power, you are now released from being imprisoned from your past. And I see this often, you know, most of the time we become we become completely defeated by our past because we refuse to accept that it even happened. Yeah. That's a good and, point. and right. And being able to go ahead and, and kind of goes back to, you know, some, some DBT, you know, radical acceptance, being able to go ahead and accept, learn from and move forward, being able to do all three of those things. And when you're able to do all three of those things, you're able to live this life, you know, free from that bondage. And those details, you know, however big or small they are, in some ways they trap us. And when we come to terms with them, when we face them, well, then that's when we're set free. What steps, you know, because 
I, I understand that this does require vulnerability. What steps do we need to take to become vulnerable in sharing our story? And, and how do we do that? Because this is already a sensitive topic already. And we're already feeling exposed by just admitting and owning that this happened to us. So how does that play into the picture? How is this safe? I think one of the first steps needs to be like reframing our thinking around this. Because mm. if, if I'm realizing, like, like I said, I, I, recognized, I recognized shame and fear come over me even while during the time of being molested. I remember in my mind, I remember locking in and being like, I'm so embarrassed. And you, you know what I mean? Like at that moment as a child. And so with that, it's the idea of beginning to reframe where we're at with it, how I see it, you know? Yeah. Like, listen, who wouldn't be one, but two, where what's Brene Brown say, right? Where shame is vulnerability can't be. Yep. So listen, like there's nothing that was wrong with me. This happened to me. You know what I mean? Like I'm not less than, I'm not dirty. Like this act is dirty, you know, but it's not me. It didn't define me. And really begin yes. really getting to that point of saying, like, no, this is not, this doesn't make me, this doesn't define me. Like I I want to get free from this. You know, I I I, yeah. I gotta share this. So I think the weight of carrying it, when that became too heavy, like mentally and emotionally for me, I, I couldn't take it. Like, no, I got to break free from this. And that's what helped me get, uh, become vulnerable with the people I saw around me that I knew that I could trust, you know, yeah. where it felt safe, where they were the same person, where they did show up, where they were in my life. They were already a strong support. And I do believe that, you know, God places people in our lives that are just there. And they have their strengths in whatever areas they have them in. And, and being able to turn and pour back into those people and be vulnerable and realize, say, listen, I'm, I don't know what to make of this. This is too heavy for me to carry. I need you to help me. And yes. as soon as I started to do that, it got lighter. Now, it doesn't mean that it wasn't still heavy. It just wasn't as heavy as it was. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. um, that was me being vulnerable even when I started out with this. Now me being vulnerable, honestly, is even having, having this discussion. Right now, this is yes. there's, this is in yes. no ways as heavy as it was as a seventh grade little girl. No way as heavy as it was when I was 21. But being like present and being here and being like, hey, and even as we're talking, you know, what's crazy is like, I'm thinking that there's words that I'll say now, like talking to you. And I'm like, man, I would have never said this when I was in seventh grade. I would have been too scared to say the word molested. I would have been too yes. scared to say uh, this is what happened. And here's the person I did. I would have been horrified. But now that I can be here and just be vulnerable and be present, like, listen, this is me. It doesn't define me, but I know when I share my story, it helps somebody else. So I think the first steps of being that, of being vulnerable is reframing the thinking. Like, it doesn't mean that you're exposed to the world. I think that's a big part, too, that holds the secret in. Everybody's going to know. What's yes. everybody going to think? Yes. No, that's not true. Like, it's not like everybody's going to be staring at you and the world's going to stop and we're going to stare at you walk down the street. You know, mm-hmm. what's that person going to think of me? Like, no, they're going to think that you're still this beautiful, powerful uh, woman. Um, this yes. is a circumstance. This is not you. This is an experience. Yes. This doesn't define you. Um, yes. And, and and a lot of times people know at that moment that you are stronger because of what you overcame. And the power to say what, you, what you've what experienced 
Man, I love it. I love hearing somebody be vulnerable and share their story. Even if I can't relate, I'm like, man, that person is so strong. Like, I can't believe that they they had the power to say, you know, X, Y, and Z, even when it's not molestation or rape, maybe it's something else. I'm like, wow, the strength it took for you to open your mouth and share and say what you had to say. I love you even more for that. You know what I mean? I'm boosting you even more for that. Um, Yes. And to me, that's what strong is. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to cut you off. You know, I have to, I I just want to comment on that. Latoya, I remember when you shared with me, you know, we're at the campfire. For those of you that don't know, me and Latoya know each other. We're friends. And we were at this business conference and I remember we were at a bonfire (laughs) cooking s'mores. And, uh, (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember just sitting, kicking back, you know, talking and you and I were discussing our past and just, just going for it, getting to know each other and connecting. And I remember when you shared your story with me, it was, it was as if, I don't know, it, you know, I can remember, I I don't exactly remember what we were wearing, um, but (laughs) I can remember almost all of the details. And I say that I'm, I'm, I'm highlighting this because it was so important for me to go ahead and be there with you, not for you, because girl, you didn't even need me. You were on, you're like good. But I was just, it was so important for me to be there with you because it was like, we're connecting right now. And it was such a powerful and beautiful conversation in just hearing your story and, and hearing this, I have to say it, hearing this badass being able to go ahead and, and take take that event and create something so significant and beautiful and amazing and helping other people. And it's just, you're right. You're hundred percent right. That this provides you with the opportunity to create change, not only for yourself, you're change with other people. And so I just, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just want to highlight that you're hundred percent right. People do view you in this certain manner of, and, and hold a great amount of respect for you because you're not, you're no longer asking people for permission to be you. You're granting yourself permission. Right. That's good. And being able to watch that, right. Being able to witness that it's, it's a beautiful thing. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, but everything, everything you said was just amazing. I like that. Like you're not asking for permission. Like a lot of times when our voice is stolen, it's like, we got to add kind of like we're in, like in elementary school, got to raise your hand to speak. And it's kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, when your voice is stolen like that, you kind of, ah, it's just okay. What's everybody going to think? You know, should I say yeah. this? Okay. I said a little bit, I said too much. Now they're really going to see me. I had to get over that too. Like, okay, if I say something, oh man, now I'm exposed. Everybody can see me. Now I'm like, boom, I said it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hope you saw yeah. me. In fact, I wanted you to see me. You know what I mean? And and let that let that stay on your mind, what I just said. You know, so yep. it's, you know, with maturity in it and the more you walk in it, that vulnerability piece, um, it just gets easier and it gets more comfortable That to the point where you'd rather be there than to be anywhere near where that shame was. It's like it's yes. all the way to the other end of the spectrum. And that's that's a beautiful space to sit in. Be present, mm-hmm. being you, using your voice without fear of judgment, you know, without fear yes. of any repercussions, without fear of, you know, who's going to say what. I love that space. Yeah. Right. I want to also ask, okay, so on the other end, on the flip side, you know, because we talked about moms coming in, we've talked about, you know, people not knowing what to do when you share your story. There's this other part, and I want to make sure we, we talk about it. When what happens, what happens if people disagree 
or they don't even believe you. Like what happens in that moment? What would you say to that person that has attempted to share their story, right? With their mom, with their aunt, with their best friend, and nobody believed them. What would you say? Because I, I'm thinking, you know, in that moment, I've I've seen it happen, you know, with with some of my some of my clients. You know, they they just kind of balled up and they didn't have that. It was it was as if not only was there a thief. But now there was an accomplice with the thief oh, and wow. they just took their voice and threw it away, right? Like, so now there's an accomplice and there's somebody else validating reasons why this person, you know, shouldn't have a voice. And I'm not saying that that's true, but that's, that's the feeling that comes up. What would you say to them? I think um, that's a really good point that you say. I like, I like the word you use, like you're an accomplice, because that's really what it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think, again, the amount of strength that it takes to open up and share. And my heart hurts for the people that have shared and somebody was right there um, to say, I don't believe you or get out of my face or kept a secret going. Well, don't tell anybody. Yes. Right. And um, I'm grateful I didn't have that experience. As an adult, I had somebody say something to me once that was just, it was very indirect, but I very passive, but I picked up on it. And even then, like being like, what? Like, it's not comfortable. But I will say, Again, my heart hurts for that person. I'm hoping that they can f- still find the strength to share. And a lot of times, too, the person that turns them down, those accomplices that we were just talking about, they can't handle the facts. So they yes. get it. People aren't stupid. People yes. know what's up. People know somebody's character before you come and tell them. But because they mm-hmm. can't handle the facts, or maybe this is legacy in their family, this stuff was passed down, You know, it happened to them and they didn't deal with it. And they don't know how to handle the strength in your voice for you trying to deal with it. You know, a lot of times that says way more about them than it does about you. And so I would encourage that that woman that does open her mouth to share and doesn't get a fair answer from somebody else, recognize that that's that person's heart speaking, but not to shut yes. your voice down. No, it's not a reflection. Right. And if that person didn't hear you, man, I would even encourage them to go, you know, maybe find somebody else trusted at that point, even a counselor, you know what I mean? Somebody yes. that you can talk to, to share it. And I, and I never Absolutely. said this before, but I would even, like, that's why, man, I'm stressing that point now. Like if somebody does try to turn you down, find somebody else as soon as possible you can share with somebody that you do trust yep. because you don't want that to be the lasting impression on you. You know what I mean? Well, let no. me go ahead and hit mute and turn my voice all the way down because that person didn't believe me. That person can't deal with the story. And 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 yes. most times that person has suffered some type of abuse or knows about it and can't handle the facts. And that's not fair. Yes. Yeah. This is very true. This is very true on so many levels. You know, um, as clinicians, we get we we do, we we do see both sides. You know, we see the person that reported it and we see the person that didn't say anything about it, even after it was reported to them. Right. You know, and we kind of I don't want to say we have the privilege. Um, we have we have the inside scoop. I guess I, I don't know what other way to what way to term it right now, but we do have that inside um, inside information, you know. And so, kind of helping both people heal and helping both people understand and educate them and provide them with this level of insight of what to do next. When you are sharing your story, it is so important. You, you found the courage to go ahead and say it out loud to one person. 
right away in that moment, because you're still writing on some of that courage in that moment, share with somebody else, share with somebody else, because you will, you know, I don't want to give you a hundred percent guarantee. However, I, I also, in, ex- in experience with other people, you will have somebody that will hear you. You will have somebody that will help you. It's kind of like when we're a kid and we're lost, you know, what do you do first? You go to the store clerk, you go to the police officer, you know, we have those steps. You get to call somebody and they will provide you with some information. And and let's not underestimate um, or devalue, which I know we're not, but I'm just saying, because even as you're talking, I'm thinking about it. Like if I tell a trusted friend or somebody, mm-hmm. I look up to, whoever that is, and they don't believe me, even those like hotlines or whatever area you're in, whatever county you're in that deal specifically with this population of people, of women who have been violated or abused, even calling those numbers and just talking, you know, I, I you know, Again, I don't remember those hotlines being around when I was younger. You know, I don't remember, yeah. I don't remember, even ever remember seeing a resource like that. But if, if, if somebody doesn't believe me, like now hindsight, if that was available, man, I would blow those numbers up <laughs> just yeah. to say, listen, I don't know what to do with this. And, you know, this is what I'm holding on to, you know, but just Absolutely. get it out and not have the lasting, you know, the last impression being somebody like, nah, that's not true. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Latoya, can you give us that number? For the for the hotline, yeah, it's um the number right here, the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline one eight hundred six five six Hope, but it's one eight hundred six five six four six seven three. It says it's twenty four seven, so you can even call in there. There's even an option for I'm trying to look. If you look up uh, rain.org, r a i n n dot org, there's even an option for like a live chat. So again, this doesn't replace therapy, but this does provide space where you mm-hmm. can just talk to somebody who's readily available to listen, train people, right? to be with you, to sit with you, to you know guide you through. And um, I'm pretty certain that they can give you some resources in your area. Absolutely. I wanted to ask another question. How are you able to heal if you can't answer the question, why? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. You got some good questions. Um, Thank you. I, <laughs> I did my research, girl. I did my research. <laughs> I think whether we know why or not, because I never got a why, right? So whether we know mm-hmm. why or not, we still have to decide for ourselves that we want to heal. We may not know the yeah. why. We may not know what's behind it. And at this point, there's no why that's going to make me feel better. You know what I mean? No. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah. okay. Like, <laughs> there's no why that that he can give me to make me say, okay, well, that wasn't that big of a deal. I don't care what it was. So I had to realize for myself, listen, my mental health, my voice, my future, um, my life is more important to me that I had, I had to decide to heal despite whatever it is that he may be doing. And at the end of that letter I wrote to him, I don't remember it word for word, but it was something along the lines of, listen, what you do with this is up to you. Like that, that's between mm-hmm. you and God. Like this was for me to write to you, to let you know this is where I'm at and I didn't forget. Now how you carry on mm-hmm. and how you walk, that's up to you. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like, I had to get completely free and break that with him. You know, since this person never came back and told me why, I never got an apology. And I have to accept the fact that I may never get either one of those things, but I'm, I'm healed. I'm not that same person he met that night. You know, so yes. I... So, I think women or, you know, anybody who's been violated, you may not ever get a why. And at this point, is any why good enough? 
So yeah, also help you understand too. Like, why do I? You know, it would be nice to hear from the person. Well, tell me a little bit, like what's going on with you? Like, why do you think that was okay? Like, and I'm sure there's other words to get with somebody with, but you may not ever get a why. But you got to decide that you still want your healing. I love that. I'm I'm going to repeat that. You have to decide. Right. It's a decision only you can make. That's how much power you have. Yeah. You get to make the decision on whether you move forward or you stay stuck and trapped in this. You you get to decide that. And moving forward, it it does take time and you know, it would be helpful with a professional, with a therapist. And at the same time, you know, I love that you created strong witness. Because then through through strong witness, we're able to share our stories. We're able to be surrounded and supported and encouraged by a community of people who share something similar. Right. And we're able to validate each other's pain. We don't have to go ahead and fix it. We're able to sit in it with each other. And I absolutely love that. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Can you, um, one, one last question before I get to the question we ask everybody. Can you please explain, because I I hear women uncertain about the differences between rape and molestation. Can you give us the definitions in in your terms, what they are? Sure. I think, um, again, in my own words, you know, rape, I definitely consider to be some type of penetration um, for a woman to a woman's body. Um, Whereas molestation is any inappropriate touch um, to the body. Right. So it's not going to be rape and I'm not minimizing either. They're, they're both. No, 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 no. And that's something too. I'm glad you asked this question. Cause a lot of times people will be, you know, will say things like, Oh, it, you know, well, it wasn't rape, you know, like yeah. nah, that's not the answer. It's still, it's still the inappropriate touch in inappropriate, unwarranted, unsolicited touch by somebody else to my person. Yes. You know, Yes. Uh, and where I feel violated. Whereas rape, it could be uh, um, penetration, you know, with whatever, um, you know, body object. part or object. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm really glad that you asked that. Either one equally is bad, equally is traumatic. You don't put one over the other. If, it, if you mm-hmm. know, obviously people have been violated many, many times. It's still trauma if somebody was violated one time, you know. Um, and I think also, I'm so happy you asked that. And that was a part of my, why I kept silent too. Well, nah, well, it wasn't this and it just happened once. I wonder if it's that bad. It is just bad. Um, and I know, I know a a friend of mine, you know, some people, one friend in particular who was violated, who was raped by somebody she knew and, you know, it wasn't as traumatic or she doesn't forget, but it's kind of like, yeah, that happened. Like she, everybody deals Mm -hmm. differently. You know, so she was yes. raped by somebody she knew. Um, I was molested, but it seems like if if we tell our stories, it, again, not comparing, but man, mine took a, a hard toll on me. Where hers, you know, she she handled it different. She processed it different. Um, she just dealt with it differently. So everybody deals with their stuff different. Everybody's story is different, but it's equally yes. dramatic. Um, regardless, absolutely. Of, you know, it's all sexual assault. You know. It's yes. all a problem. <laughs> it's all serious. But, um, you know, it, it doesn't make one better. You know, molestation is not less than just because it isn't right. Yes, absolutely. Latoya, wow. This was amazing. This was amazing. And I'm so thankful. I, I'm so thankful it was you. 
I'm so thankful it was you having this discussion with me. I'm so thankful it was you that, you know, we kind of processed through this because, you know, for everybody listening, this was pretty heavy. You might need to take a time out from the day, take a nap, just really kind of gather your thoughts and allow yourself to process all the information that was given because Latoya gave a whole bunch of great educational information for for everyone, for all of us. Um, Latoya, I have to ask you, you know, question I ask all of my guests, what are you doing right now, right this moment to live the life you want to live? Yeah. Um, well, honestly, well, at this moment I'm doing the podcast, but honestly, that's it. Like I, <laughs> like I said a while ago, like when I was younger, I wanted to scream it from the mouth. I didn't know how. I didn't know who to tell. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what. And I remember thinking, man, if I could just speak this and I'm doing exactly that right now. You know, I'm talking yes. to you. I know there's going to be m- numerous women. Man, I hope thousands of millions that hear this podcast. And yes. that. Listen, when I speak, I'm free. This is what I dreamed of. This is the stuff when I sat and and it was racing through my mind. I couldn't cut that film up. This is the moment that I'm like, that this is what I want. And so I'm doing that. This is also helping me to do that where I use my voice and I'm just talking. And when people ask me what strong witness, how to start. And I say this, like, this is it. This is me free. This is me being strong and being a witness to my experience, but also reaching back and helping other people. So I love what I'm doing right now. I love it. Now, what advice would you give to the mom who is listening right now, feeling completely stressed, feeling completely disconnected? What would one sentence, what would you tell her? Speak. You know, I yes. speak up and just talk. Find your community, this community right here. You know, I don't care if it's, um, I don't know how, maybe they get in touch with you one-to-one through social media, post it on the blog, like, you know, Sometimes you can say just a little bit and somebody's going to catch hold of it. The right person is going to be able to hear you. Like you said a minute ago, be with you in that moment. That's it. Yes. The more you stay quiet, the more you keep it to yourself, the more it becomes your secret, the more you sink lower and lower, your voice gets quiet. So speak up, share, share more and talk. Yes. How can we find you? Yep. I'm on um, social media. So Facebook, it is, um, I'm going to get both my business and my uh, strong witness. Yes, let's do it. So the Facebook is uh, LCS Counseling and Consulting Agency. The Facebook uh, for strong witness is just that strong witness. I'm also on Instagram, LCS underscore counseling. Um, again, Instagram is strong witness. I think the number one's behind that. And then my business is also on Twitter at Latoya Smith LCS. Yeah. So nice. on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yep. And definitely reach out. Oh, yes. Yes. The website is lcscac.com. That's right. That's right. Latoya, this was amazing. This was so amazing. And I know we're going to get a whole bunch of questions. Um, please, please, please be sure to rate and review this episode. Um, we'll go ahead and put all of the information that Latoya gave us on the show notes. Again, Latoya, you freaking rock. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. I feel good. I feel empowered by talking. To right? You. You're feeling it. You're feeling it. <laughs> all right, you guys, take care. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now and rate and review. Thank you, guys.
Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I know you're ready for the next steps. If you want to become empowered and unapologetic, get my free course, Unapologetically Me, over at empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash course. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host, practice of the practice, or the guests are providing legal, mental health, or other professional information. If you need a professional, you should find one. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.